I love Nations Church. We have the bomb of a church, y'all. Nations is the bomb. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, you ought to clap better than that. Come on, give God praise for Nations Church. And help me celebrate Daniel, Pastor Daniel, Apostle Daniel, Bishop Daniel, and Apostle Russ Benson. And come on, help me celebrate these great men of God. Amazing men of God. So much of what we have is because men like this have laid their lives down and sacrificed so much. And I thank you all. I love our staff. We just have the great, the greatest staff, the greatest church. We are blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, whether you know it or not, we are blessed. Come on, give God praise for that. Amen. We are so blessed. God, who gets to come to church every Sunday and hear about hundreds and thousands of people getting saved all over the world? Isn't that crazy? Hallelujah. All right, listen, I want you to go to the book of Luke, chapter 13, verse 10 through 13. Luke, chapter 13, verse 10 through 13. Luke, chapter 13, verse 10 through 13. And... um. My heart is just so moved this morning because of what I sense in the room today. Church, I love you so much. And I just feel the love of God and the heart of God for this gathering of Jesus lovers and the people who have come today. Uh, I believe God is going to do something significant. I believe there are people in this room, you really need God to do a work in your life today. You come looking for God to move and to bring answers and to bring solutions and to bring uh, a move of his presence that'll change the way life is going for you right now. And I'm telling you, his heart is for you today. His power is going to meet you today. And I pray that hope and faith rises in you to receive what Jesus wants to release in this room tonight or this morning. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Luke 13, chapter 10, chapter 13, verse 10 through 13 says this. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And when he laid his hands on her, and he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I want everybody in this room full of the Holy Ghost. I want you to help me make this declaration to the person you're sitting next to. Uh, you're sitting t next to somebody who is fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. You're sitting next to a miracle. You're sitting next to somebody who the hand of God is upon. And because God has placed glory inside of that earth earthen vessel, it would be the desire of the enemy to destroy and kill and steal what God has placed on the inside of them. But the devil is defeated today. They're in this house and they're going to receive an impartation of the Holy Spirit today. And I want you to be a vessel right now. I want you to speak. Speak to that person that you're sitting next to, and I want you to make this declaration. Look at your neighbor and say, whatever has had you stuck in a position 
or a place God never designed for you, I declare, come on, say it again, I declare that today is your day to be loosed. Now, I'm already feeling the Holy Ghost just saying that. I need somebody to put a praise right there. Put a praise right there. Come on, put a praise. Activate faith with a praise right there. Somebody's living here changed. Somebody's living here with yokes destroyed. Somebody's living here with their mind loose, their spirit loose, their family loose. Come on, somebody put a praise on it. If you serve a chain-breaking, shackle-loosing God, come on, give him a praise today. Thank you, Jesus. So Jesus, in our text, is teaching in a synagogue, or what I would like to say, he's teaching in a church on what our Sabbath would be like this Sunday morning worship. And, and I just want to encourage everyone that is here that you never want to miss a gathering at all, if it be at all possible, never miss a church on church service, a nation's church on Sunday. All, all who are members here, all who God is calling to be members here, jump all the way in. Stay plugged in. Be at every single service you possibly can. Because I know that when you come to this house, Jesus is going to be speaking. I said, when you come to this house, Jesus is talking. Come on, Jesus is teaching. I want you to believe that today. I know you see Pastor Daniel, but Jesus is in Pastor Daniel. Come on, I know you see Pastor Russ, but Jesus is speaking through Pastor Russ. I know you see me holding this, hand, holding this mic in my hand right now, but I'm really a mouthpiece. I am not speaking my own desires, and I'm not saying what I want to, what I just want to say, what I feel. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking in this house right now. And I want you to believe that every time you show up to a nation service, you're coming to hear from Jesus. You're coming to hear from heaven. How many of you want to hear what God has to say? How many of you come to hear Jesus speak? You're coming to hear Jesus teach. Jesus is speaking. And in this text, Jesus is teaching. And in the midst of his teaching, he notices this specific person in this congregation. Uh, attending this gathering of worship in the synagogue is a woman that the Bible says has a spirit of infirmity. She has had it for 18 years. She was bowed down and she could not lift up herself. 18 years ago, this precious woman had a traumatic experience that caused her to be stuck in this bent over position and she's been stuck like that from from that moment until this moment in this text and it's one thing to just bend down and come back up we do that to pick up things we do that to tie our shoes and different things like that but it's one thing for you to bend down and then cannot pull yourself back up from that position a temporary position became permanent and as i'm even leading worship today i'm looking through the audience And I'm seeing people that you love God, but you feel stuck. Right. 
You feel stuck. You feel emotionally stuck. You feel mentally stuck. You, your feelings and affections are stuck. You can't love like you want to love. You can't, you can't reach out like you want to reach out. Some of you, it's like your family is stuck. You can't move the family from a specific spot. It seems like we are in this place and we can't move forward. Some of you feel financially stuck. Some of you, your business is stuck. Some of you have ministries that burning on the inside of you, but they seem to be stuck. And some of you, you feel educationally stuck. It's, it's like you find yourself in this spot that you can't pull yourself out of. You, you, can't, you can't escape it. You can't overcome it. Let me just see if there's some people in this room that know what I'm talking about. Anybody know what it's like to feel stuck? Okay, I see a few hands. Maybe I need to find a section that's going to be really real with me. Anybody in this room ever had a time in your life where you thought, how am I going to get past this? How am I going to get out of this? There are times in life where you feel like, man, will I ever overcome this? Some of you, it's like it's generational. My mama was like this. My grandma was like this. Now I'm dealing with this. My daddy was like this. My granddaddy was like this. And now I'm in this spot. And, and this woman in Scripture, she came to the house of God like this. She came to church stuck. And I want to commend her because sometimes as a worship leader, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty Pentecostal worship leader. I'm, I, I mean, I mean, I love Holy Ghost, like, for real, for real. Like, <laughs> I love to shout. I love to dance. I mean, I believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm as Pentecostal as they come. I'm not ashamed about it because I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm not trying to soften it. I'm not trying to make it cute. I'm not trying to make it fit in somebody else's nice little conservative, dignified, nice little, no, no. When the Holy Ghost hits these hands, they're going up. When the Holy Ghost hits these feet, I'm going to dance. I believe in shouting. Unto God with a voice of triumph. Where are my Holy Ghost people at in this room? Come on, I believe in giving God a celebration of praise. I'm not ashamed to be Pentecostal. I'm not ashamed to believe that demons still flee in the name of Jesus. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of signs, wonders, and miracles. Come on, I'm not ashamed of a joyful church, of a shouting church, of a dancing church. I believe the Jesus that we serve is worthy of our best praise. I wish we could take about five seconds and give God a praise break right now. Come on, somebody shut up. Hey! Somebody give him glory. Woo! Yes, 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 yes. I praise him because he's worthy. I praise him because he's faithful. I praise him because he's awesome. I praise him because he's good. I praise him because he brought me out. I praise him because he broke my chains. I praise him because he loosed my shackles. I praise him because he set me free. I praise him because he delivered me. I praise him because he's been too good. I praise him because he's been too kind. I need about 50 people who serve a good God to lift up your voice like a trumpet in Zion. Magnify Jesus. So as a worship leader, I love the celebration of the saints. I love to see people come in have magnified God. I don't want to see people come in the house of God after all God has done for us. And you look like you've been drinking prune juice and been sitting on your seat. 
And nothing like Jesus is worthy of praise. But this particular woman, she came to the house of God. And as bad as the worship leader of that day would want her to express, she couldn't do it. She came anyway. And I want to say thank you to every person that you may not be able to express like others. You may not be able to lift your hands like others. But you told the devil, I don't care how I'm feeling. I don't care what I'm going through. I'm still going to the house of God. I'm still going to assemble with the people of God. I'm still going to fellowship with the family of God. You just kicked the devil in the face when you said, in spite of what I'm going through, I'm still going to come and worship Jesus the best way I know how. So it's okay if you can't shout and you can't, you can't scream and you can't dance. I'm glad that you're in the house. I'm glad that you came. And this woman, Jesus, was in the house and she was in this place of being broken, she had been stuck in this position for 18 years of her life. She'd been in this position. But when Jesus saw her, and I love this part of the word of the Lord, is that Jesus saw her. Have you ever felt like that no one saw you? Have you ever felt like that, Jesus, do you see me? Jesus, do you see what I'm dealing with? Jesus, do you see what I'm going through? Jesus, do you even understand how difficult it is to wake up in the morning? Do you understand how hard it is to take care of these children as a single mother? Do you understand how difficult it is to be a, a father that can't see his children? Do you understand what it's like to have bills you can't pay? Jesus, do you see the torment in my mind? Do you see the issues of my heart? Do you, anybody ever ask the question, God, do you see me? I've got a word for you. Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you. Look at me. Jesus sees you. He sees you. Sweetheart, he sees you. Even when you wake up in the morning and you go to that job, knowing it's not going to make it's not going to make ends meet, and you're crying on the way to work, he sees you. He sees you when you're trying to cook for a family, but you don't really have all the items you need to take care of those children. He sees you, Daddy. He sees you when you're sending that finances home, but you know it's not going to make everything work out like it needs to. But he sees you. He sees the tears. He sees the struggle. He sees you still coming to church. He sees you still tithing, even though you know you can use that 10% for something else. But you said, God, I'm going to keep you first. God, I'm going to do what you promised because I'm still believing that the heavens, the windows of heaven are going to open up and pour out a blessing on my house. I, God sees you. And can I tell you what he did after that? He didn't just see her. He called her to him. God, give me the grace to say this. He called her to him because this is the problem a boyfriend can't fix. I'm going to say it. This is a problem that a girlfriend can't fix, bro. 
I don't care how hot she is, she can't fix this. She can't fix this. Quit trying to put God problems on people. Quit trying to put God problems on people. I don't care how much time he or she spends with you. They're not God. They can't heal you. They can't free you. They can't liberate you. They didn't die for you. They don't have blood clean enough to cleanse you from the situations that is in your life. God didn't call her to another man. God didn't call her to an organization. He called her to... This is something, look, this is something that alcohol can't fix. This is something drugs can't fix. You can't snort this away. You can't puff this away. Come on, come on. You can't inject this away. This is something that a new toy can't fix. A new car is not going to fix this. A raise on the job is not going to fix this. I need some Holy Ghost help in this room. We, listen, I don't care how many times you post on Facebook and on Instagram hoping your haters see you, it's not going to fix this. Anybody understand what I'm saying today? That we turn to all kinds of stuff trying to fill a void that only God can fill. This is a God-sized void, and he's a God-sized Jesus that is able to deliver it. She called her to him. Not them, him. Not that, him. Not this, him. It's time for you to run to him. It's time for you to run, turn the phone off, run to Jesus. Delete Tinder, run to Jesus. Okay, all right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. I, I saw some horns going up there for a moment. This, God is trying to heal you, but we run to everything else. And we, we make phrases like this, I tried everything, and everything failed. You could have you just saved all that time. And all, that, all those layers of pain, trying everything else, trying everyone else. You thought sleeping with that one was going to fix it, and you still hurt. Because you can't put perversion on a problem and find purity and heal. You, you, you. Am I helping somebody in this room this morning? You, you, you can't throw sin at a problem and expect God to give you what you're looking for. All that stuff is going to do is keep you stuck, keep you in a cycle, keep you in a rut. But Jesus says, I got you. Jesus says, I got you this morning. I need you to come to me. I need you to come to me. I need you to come to me. I know that some people, some people benefit from your bondage. Some people are not going to celebrate your desire to be really free. They're going to be, 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 be people who are not going to shout when you say, I've had it. I'm done with being in this state. 
I'm done with living like this. I'm done with acting like this. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of being bitter. I'm tired of being unforgiving. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of being an having animosity. I'm tired of being jealous. I'm tired of having all this stuff in my spirit. I don't want to be angry anymore. I don't want to have anxiety anymore. I don't want to be suicidal anymore. And there are people who like that misery. There are people who like that toxicity. But when you make up in your mind, I'm done with this. If I have to lose you, I'm getting free. If I have to walk away from you, I'm walking in deliverance. I'm not going to let your desire to stay in a dark place keep me where God never designed for me. I'm coming out of this in Jesus' 